Good afternoon, everybody. It is Sunday afternoon, and I'm driving back after a day on the water with my son, Gris. A slightly productive day. We didn't fill the ice chests full of fish, but it was a great time for father and son bonding. We did catch a few. Met up with some other really nice boaters on the water, people that uh, Christopher knew. Also, tons of other fishermen out there doing their best to catch fish in what I would have thought would be ideal conditions. It's now 1.25 p.m. on Sunday afternoon, October 20th. Temperature is 75 degrees under sunny skies. A few little white puffy clouds here and there. A light breeze. The area that we fished at was south of Lafitte, the town of Jean Lafitte, Louisiana, which is, for all intents and purposes, the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, it, there's there's so much of the southern Louisiana, southeastern Louisiana coastline that has washed away due to utter mismanagement, in my opinion, by a decade, excuse me, by a century, 100 years of the Army Corps of Engineers' brilliant plan to put levees down the Mississippi River and divert water and silt, much needed silt, which normally fills in the delta, pushes it right off the edge of the Mississippi River's mouth and off the continental shelf into deep waters. Before those levees were constructed, starting circa, what, 1920 or so, 100 years ago, the Mississippi River was a lot longer than the 1,386 miles that it is now because the Army Corps of Engineers cut off some of the very twisting, turning, winding, and meandering paths of the Mississippi River in order to make navigation a little more of a straight line from north to south. I've had the pleasure of walking across the Mississippi River in ankle-deep water at Lake Itasca, Minnesota, where it's thought, well, it's scientifically now proven that's the beginning of the Mississippi headwaters. That's where the Mississippi River begins, at Lake Itasca, Minnesota. Ankle-deep water, about three feet wide, the mighty Mississippi River begins. And it is the most crystal clear, pristine water you've ever seen as far as appearances are concerned. Although local officials say they do not recommend you stick your hands in there and take a mouthful because it's, after all, from a lake and the potential exists for parasitic life forms, amoebas and such to live in those waters. Now, as the river makes its way south to the mouth of the river at New Orleans or south of New Orleans at Empire, it uh, picks up offshoot, runoff, from other rivers and streams and lakes and other tributaries, ponds and runoff from farms and chemical plants and every other god-awful thing you can imagine. The Mississippi River is, for all intents and purposes, America's toilet. It's where all that crap gets flushed out from the Midwest, and it makes its way out the old chute that is the mouth of the Mississippi River at New Orleans. Now, back in the 1920s, the Army Corps of Engineers in, endeavored under this massive plan to cut hundreds and hundreds of miles of Mississippi River 
where it would wind back and forth, back and forth. They would dig channels and cut off what are now Oxbow Lakes from the fresh flow of the Mississippi River and allow that water to take a more straight and direct path to the mouth of that river south of New Orleans. And in doing so, they built levees to divert that water and to make sure it stayed within its banks, cutting off the flow of the annual spring flooding that would engulf areas like Baton Rouge, Vachery, Luling, Destrahan, what is now the west bank of the Mississippi River, what is now Plaquemines Parish. And in doing so, in cutting off that fresh supply of silt each and every year that filled in the delta, the ever-sinking areas in southeast Louisiana sink now at a much, much more rapid rate than they would have had those levees never been built. But Steve, if they didn't have those levees, all those people that live in Louisiana would drown. Well, it's that way anywhere. Why the hell would you build below sea level? It just makes no sense. But people do it. They build below sea level, and they expect those levees to protect them from all the evil waters that come down from the Midwest. It is what it is. And so, as I took the boat out this morning with my son and we headed south from Lafitte, Louisiana, many years ago when I was a young man, it was at least an hour and a half by boat to get out to the Gulf of Mexico. You'd go down Lafitte, you'd go down out the Intracoastal Waterway, you would then go into what was known as Bayou Rigolese or Bayou Piro, and then out into what was called Little Lake, because it was actually a lake, but it is now basically just open water with a little bit of marsh grass and a few little shell beach areas, little tiny islands, and then you are effectively in the Gulf of Mexico. And I, and I say this because today, while driving the boat near Lafitte, Louisiana, there were porpoises or dolphins riding right alongside of us in the water there, just doing their thing. Seagulls and occasionally a shark. And that's what you see in what was once a lake surrounded almost completely by water. And it is now just basically an open passage with a few smatterings of land, if you want to call it that. Marshy, mucky, muddy, little tiny islands with marsh grass growing up and the occasional section of Shell Beach. Great bonding time with Chris today out there. Of course, you pass dozens and dozens of oil rigs, oil platforms that used to be oil rigs that are long since abandoned, especially since the price of oil has hit the skids. All of those oil field service companies are now pretty much shuttered because it is so much cheaper to get gas to get gasoline and oil from other sources. And that's where we are, boys and girls. That is the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. We'll be right back. 
With election day less than three weeks away, you are now in a position to either make a difference to keep America as America, or you can stay home and let the Democrats slowly, and maybe not so slowly, turn our nation into a socialist, communist, Marxist society that you all know could possibly happen and happen quickly. The plans are in place. Nancy Pelosi tipped her hand a week ago when she made the comment that we must put into place a mechanism that transcends and supersedes the 25th Amendment to the United States Constitution. She wants to put into place a methodology, a process, a procedure, a program to remove a sitting president from office if a group of people that she thinks should be able to make that decision decide the president is, quote, unfit, unquote, to serve. And I truly believe she's not doing that to try and get rid of Donald Trump in his current term. I truly believe she's putting this into place so that she can do what I have warned you about for months, so that she can remove mopey, dopey, sleepy, creepy, gropey Beijing Joe Biden from office shortly after he is inaugurated. It may be such a ballsy move that she will do that within months, two months, three months of Joe Biden taking office. The wheels, the mechanism is already in place. All she needs is that permission slip. All she needs is for that modification or that installation of rules that negates the 25th Amendment so that she can wave a magic wand impanel a group of people to say, yep, Joe Biden's slipping. We don't think he's fit. So Camel Toe Harris will become your new president. I, I'm sorry, am I pronouncing that wrong? Is it Camalto? Ca Camel Toe Harris will be your new president. With her sneers and her cackle, that I always thought Hillary Clinton had the worst laugh in politics until I heard Camel Toe Harris. And trust me, boys and girls, they are so similar. But I think Camel Toe Harris's evil cackle is worse than Hillary Clinton's deranged cackle. But that is the plan, and I firmly believe that, and I've said that all along. I firmly believe that there is a plot afoot to A, steal the election by use of the write-in voter, mail-in voter, absentee voter, last-minute dumping of thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of mail-in ballots at the last moment. They tried to and have successfully stopped the Republicans from putting ballot boxes for people to drop off their ballots in California. Gavin Newsom, along with the really not a Republican Arnold Schwarzenegger, successfully 
stopped the process in California because, well, there were lots and lots of Republicans seeking a place to do their balloting early. But in other states, they're trying to expand Election Day beyond Election Day. They're trying to expand early voting beyond the deadlines set forth in their state legislatures for early voting. Listen to me. I've said it before. I'll say it one more time. Whatever the total number of votes that Trump wins by on November 3rd, as if any of you have been alive more than eight years, you know, we count the ballots on election night. And then the networks make their predictions based on the ballots that have been counted. And then one particular party or the other declares victory and the other concedes. Now, while NBC, ABC, CBS, MSNBC, CNBC, and all the other liberal media outlets have been screaming, Donald Trump is not going to concede if he loses. There's not going to be a peaceful transition of power. Oh my God. They have been saying all along, Hillary Clinton has said it. Nancy Pelosi has said it. Joe Biden, you do not need to concede if you lose on election night. Because they have in barrels and boxes and bags and bushels and containers and container trucks and box trucks and U-Hauls and Penske's and riders. Hundreds of thousands of mail-in ballots that they have had their operatives, their crew, their club, their participants filling out for the past six to eight months. Come on over and volunteer for a get out the vote rally. That's what they call it. What they're doing is they're rallying people in back rooms and boiler rooms and warehouses and churches, heaven forbid. And they're handing these people stacks of empty mail-in ballots. And then they're going through the voter rolls, which are matters of public record. And they're saying, hmm, Steve Z's dad was registered as a Democrat. He's been dead since 79, but he's still on the ballot. He's still on the voter rolls, not the ballot. He's still on the voter rolls. What's to say that old Steve Z's dad doesn't decide he hasn't voted in 30 years, but let's have him vote for Biden. No ID required, of course. You need an ID to cash a check. You need an ID to get government benefits. You need an ID to buy a car, to buy a house, to rent a car or a U-Haul. But you don't need an ID in many places to vote. My deceased son might end up voting for Biden if the right group of people gets a hold of a mail-in ballot, especially if they know he is deceased and they just happen to pass by and check his mailbox every day. Yep, one more vote for Biden. It could happen, and it is happening, and we have evidence and proof that it is happening. But Savannah Guthrie had the unmitigated gall, the nerve, to say, but President Trump, it's just a small percentage of mail-in ballots that are fraudulent, that are fake, that are phony. 
President Trump should have said, Well, Savannah, it's only a small number of black thugs that get killed by white cops. So why is there making such a big fuss about it? Because every life matters. Black, white, green, purple, yellow, doesn't matter. Every life matters. All lives matter. Just as all votes matter. A fraudulent vote for Biden takes away a legitimate vote from you, Neil, Jason, Mark, Michael, Curtis, Pam, Marilyn, Kayla. That's right. You're 18. You get to vote now. But if some criminal decided to steal a ballot out of the deceased mailbox and fill it in for Biden, guess what? Civics lesson. Your vote just got canceled out. Your legitimate vote for Donald Trump was just canceled out by someone's illegitimate, fraudulent mail-in ballot for gropey Joe Biden. But it's just a small percentage. No, it's just a small percentage that have been caught. Think about it this way. I'm on the interstate right now. I'm doing 78 miles per hour in a 70 mile an hour zone. I'm speeding. Now I'm being passed by a white Camaro with orange stripes on the hood and a Toyota Tundra, followed by, and I don't know how the hell this is passing me, a Prius. They too are speeding. If a police officer is out looking for speeders right now, one of us four is going to likely be caught which means the other three will not be caught and will have gotten away with speeding. So if one bag of mail-in fraudulent ballots gets caught, how many hundreds of bags of mail-in ballots are not being caught? And don't you find it ironic that all of the mail-in ballots that were filled in for Biden just Oh, it's a small percentage. You haven't heard about too many fraudulent mail-in ballots for Donald Trump. Well, that's because we, the hardworking Republicans, go and do our jobs. We go to school. We do our, our employment. Then we go and stand in a line and do our civic duty to cast a vote in person. It's strange, though, how all of the quote-unquote underserved, underprivileged, underemployed. You know, people sitting home, getting a fat check from the government every month to sit home. Well, those people can't get off their dead, lazy asses and go vote. Do you not find something strange there? Does there not smell like a rotten egg in the Easter basket, boys and girls? Smells pretty crappy to me. This is the Truth Hurts program. We'll be right back.